Shammer Podcast. We are the voice of a dad nation. Welcome to On the Charcoal Rocks. This is our cooking-focused podcast. I'm still the hammer, and you can follow me at I am Seth Evans, and he is still Kevin Sharkey, and you can follow him at Kevin Sharkey. For all you weekend chefs, grill enthusiasts, and amateur smokers, we are here for you. Let's get going. So we're finally here, the charcoal rocks. We are on them. You and I are weekend chefs. We are all about this. Are you pumped? I am so excited. Yeah, I mean, we. one of the things you and I have talked about for 20 years, I mean, we met in Chili's, and what we've always had in common is our love of food. And mostly that starts because we like to eat it. But as we've gotten older and bought our own kitchen toys and everything, I mean, this is just, this is us. This is one of our things. I'm stoked for this. Yeah, me too, man. I'm pumped. I started watching Top Chef. Uh, Val, my wife, introduced me to it. And okay. it was probably like 10, 11 years ago. I never really watched what I knew of it. So sure. she got me into it. We got hooked. It became a, a, every year we watch a show, we're obsessed with it. Now it's like appointment viewing for us. One of the rare shows that we watch kind of. And when I say appointment, I mean like within two days of it coming out. Uh, <laughs> Which is as appointment as you can be. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. <laughs> yeah. So how have you been in it all 20 years or have you... Uh, I started watching it regularly, appointment viewing, if you will, with the fourth season, Top Chef, Top Chef Chicago, which I think came out in 2007 or 2008. So I didn't watch the first three seasons. I eventually went back and rewatched them. But since then, I, I mean, I've been in every single episode since then. And for, for my wife and I, it is appointment viewing day of because wow. we like to dive into the conversation and see what's going on online. I don't want to get anything spoiled. So Thursday nights, we watch Top Chef. Wait, so if I'm to understand correctly, you've been into it since it was in like standard definition? Yeah, the, yeah, the original <laughs> seasons that I liked. My wife got into it. I, I guess I brought her into it the same way your wife brought you into it. So we eventually went back and rewatched some of the early seasons. And the ones that were in standard def, she's like, nope, nope, not watching this. You can just tell me who won. I don't need this in my life. It's amazing how bad that quality is. It feels so, you know what, actually, just to go off on a tangent, standard definition now is the same thing as when we were little and would see black and white. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I look back at some of the things from only 20 years ago, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, we've, we were living in the dark ages. Oh, it looks so old back then. But yeah. So to give everybody kind of an idea of how this came to be, Shark and I are very good at coming up with half-baked ideas. It's kind yeah. of what we do best. Half-baked <laughs> the idea and then just kind of let it sit and simmer until it either goes away or we come up with something. So talking about Top Chef coming out, we were all super excited. We realized it's the 20th season, which is a big mark. And then we saw it was an all-star season. So we were super excited about that. Then we figured out we got to do something with this. So we decided to do our Top Chef draft. Yeah. So we, we were, I mean, we were like, we have to do something, right? We have to watch what what is there to do. We play fantasy sports all the time and we're looking into it. We're like, okay, somehow we're going to create a fantasy league for the two of us. And we're going to record it every week. And we went out there and we actually found, we'll get into all the rules but we found a website that created rules for Fantasy Top Chef. And we're like, hell yeah. Thank but, God, because we never would have done that. Oh, that yeah, that no, was always stopping us. That's when it would have stayed half-baked, because we would have been like, that would have been awesome, but it required work. But So the other idea that we forgot to mention of why we're doing this, for anybody who watches Top Chef and is listening to this right now, when you see the intro at the beginning of the show, by like the 7th or 8th episode, you're like, who the hell was that guy? <laughs> we wanted to come up with a way to care about all the chefs throughout the whole season. 
So by drafting him, I might actually remember him versus being like, I don't even remember that person being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. You you just don't you, – you get hooked on your five or six main people, and you don't even remember the ones that go out the first one or two episodes. We wanted to be invested from the very first episode. And as we started talking about it a little bit more, we kind of realized, eh, is this really going to work? Is this really going to work with two people? Yeah. And two that's when league you, is garbage. Yeah, exactly. So that's when you came in with your next great idea. Yeah, so uh, we both have a common friend. Uh, I've had him since we, I was about 18. You've known him since give or take high school. His name's David Kirshner, and he is a chef. We, he's been on Chopped. He's worked at some of the finest restaurants in the world. We thought to ourselves, who better to bring in than somebody who actually knows what they're talking about versus us who just like to share our opinions, whether we know what we're saying or not. Yeah, we, we think we know what we're talking about, but that's because we are listening to ourselves. Yeah, and we, this is our echo chamber. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> so we reached out to Kirsch. I, yeah, I've known him since high school. We, we had home ec classes together in high school. We went to culinary school together. Um, just kind of worked out that we both knew him, and he was on board. He was immediately like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. He was almost too into it. Like, I'm a little worried that he knew he was going to destroy us in this. Um, he started texting us and he's like, so I, you know, I'm doing this research. I'm doing that. And it's like, oh boy. Okay. What did we get ourselves into? Yeah. Yeah. I instantly regretted it. But uh, to give a little background about why this came to me to think Kirsch, aside from his chefness, here's a great story. When we were in our teenage years, uh, I would have parties at my house when my parents were away. No yeah. big deal. Nothing too crazy, but you know, we had some fun. Dave decided he was going to cook for everybody one night. So he was messing around in my kitchen while we're all drinking outside. He makes the best cheesesteak I may have ever eaten. No question in my mind. Still nice. to this day, probably the best cheesesteak I've ever had. The next day, my parents come home. Nothing. No big deal. They say, hey, what happened to all that filet mignon? And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the reason it was the best cheesesteak I ever had was it was about $85 worth of filet mignon. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, so my Listen, parents like to remind me of that all the time. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He found the right, exactly. uh, right ingredients, and there was a room full of happy people eating cheesesteaks. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm super excited. We're super excited to have him before we bring him in. He's going to tell a little bit about himself, but check him out at DineDK.com. It's Dine DK for David Kirshner. He's a private chef. He does at-home events. It really, you know, give him a shout. Give him a lookout. And now uh, all of you guys get to listen to us actually draft our teams and discuss the cast for Top Chef. We're super excited. So we'll talk to you guys about it more after. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. Um, I'm Dave Kirshner. I'm a classically trained chef, a little over 20 years in the industry. I cut my teeth coming up pretty classically as a lot of the chefs that actually that are on Top Chef. Um, I spent some time at Per Se working for Thomas Keller, almost four years working with Daniel Balud across a number of his restaurants in New York City, uh, traveled the country working with Michael Mina, opening up restaurants early on in my career. Um, and I'm so excited to be here and just kind of chat everything chefs. Uh, these days, I'm based out of New Jersey, but I run my own company called Dine DK Private Dining. Uh, we work with an incredible team of Michelin trained chefs and we do event planning in-house and basically private dining in people's homes and private chef placements all across the country. So thanks again for having me on guys. Yeah, buddy. Glad you're uh, here. Well, you know, the most valid our, our podcast has ever been. <laughs> I, you know, I was just going to say like, 
Kirsch and I have very equal thoughts on chefs based on my my experience working at a Chili's one time. <laughs> <laughs> very similar approach to food. Yeah, and cuisine. very similar Absolutely. approach. Yeah, you guys came up the same way. Yeah, so we've been talking about doing this forever, everyone. Every time you watch a show, you don't really give a shit about anybody once they're eliminated. I want to start building up and having some thoughts about these because then when the all-star seasons come around, it'll be fucking awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, man. So I'm going to run out the rules for everybody real quick so that you guys know what we're basing it on. Then we'll talk about the draft and how we're going to go about this. So here are the rules. There are 16 participants in this year's Top Chef All-Stars global event. Each of us are going to get five chefs. Uh, One is going to be left undrafted. Now we did a snake draft. So I did some random ordering. Dave's going to go first. I'm going to go second. And Shark will be third. Let's go. Fourth fourth pick. I'll have fifth. Dave, if I have sixth, et cetera. So the point structure for this. Quick fire wins, you get five points. Elimination challenge wins, you get seven points. If you sweep the episode for the double win, you get three points on top of that. So it's basically worth a 15-point shot right there in one episode. If you make it to the top judges table, you get three points. If you make it to the bottom judges table, you lose two points. So that's a big thing. You don't want to be in the bottom three because there's always somebody who's on the bottom three every episode. Yeah. Uh, I One of the people on this show I'm going to mention later. Uh, <laughs> I know. Last, <laughs> yep, last Chance Kitchen, uh, if you get a win, it's plus two points. So that's also going to make me want to watch Last Chance Kitchen a lot more. Um, so you got to watch Last Chance Kitchen. It's fun. Yeah, it, you know, I never do. but And by the time I do, it's too late because they're like three episodes ahead. And it's like, I, I don't really care who wanted this one. Um, <laughs> so then the, the end of this, if you make it to the final episode for the last challenge on the final episode, that's 15 points. If you win the whole thing, it's 30. Basically, if you win it all, there's no way you can lose. So those are the rules. You guys understand them. You guys are good with them. Sounds good. Yeah, Absolutely. Awesome. Let's give give a shout out on this one. So there's a website out there, fantasyfoodball.com, not football, foodball, that hosts all the scoring for this. Yep. So shout, shout out to them. It's like they've listened to us before because we always talked about doing this and never had a scoring system. And yeah, I wasn't going to come up with it. Yeah, because uh, I don't really want to do any extra work. So thanks for them. Good yeah, job. There. Good job, guys. So <laughs> Dave's going to kick us off with the draft, but – uh before we get going, I actually came across a th- few things, so I want to start. Did you guys do any power rankings or look up anything? Oh, I've done minutes of preparation for this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely read through the chef testings to see, you know, what kind of talent pool we're playing with this year. Obviously, All-Stars brings a lot of kind of clear imagery of these rock stars of the alumni. So, yeah, dove a little bit into it. Yeah, right. it should be the best of the best. So I'm excited for this season. There's a lot of people I don't know and a couple of people I'm really excited to have back on my TV. So Absolutely. when I was doing this, my question for you guys now is, does someone winning Top Chef not in the U.S. impress you or does it not? Because I felt like I saw Top Chef Canada and was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many good poutines were made? No, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> we're, we're nothing if we're not American. Yeah, so is my, is my America just showing on that one or is it uh... – I, I'm not really sure, but I, does coming in second in Top Chef US, is that equal to winning in another country? I can't tell you because I, I've never watched a single second of any other Top Chef. I was, surprised, I was surprised when diving into this how many other Top Chefs there were. I, I just didn't expect that. Top Chef Italy and France and Germany, 
Poland, England, North Africa and Middle East, Thailand, like Brazil, the list goes on and on and on. There are so many versions of this show. My mind was blown. I was shocked as well by that. Dave, what did you think about that? Did you uh, did you know that? As a show. So I wasn't I wasn't as familiar with all of the other episodes and seasons going on across all these markets, but you know, capitalism being what it is, it's not exactly surprising, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, not but that being now. said, you know, thinking about the culinary world, to be quite honest, there's a lot of things that I would say. You know, let's use football as an example, right? America top tier when it comes to it. You know, so what's happening? Undefeated, in other undefeated the in the Super Bowl, fifty-seven. <laughs> exactly, now. right? World champions, despite never playing against other people in the world. But besides yeah. that, that. <laughs> when it comes to food, though, it's such a different landscape, right? Michelin does stars all across the world. San Pellegrino's top 50 best restaurants across the world, though, has its own issues with who they include in those lists and not. It exemplifies the fact that culinary talent is something that absolutely is a level playing, level playing field across the world. You know, you've got restaurants like Pujol down in Mexico City, the top restaurants in the world coming out of Basque Country in Spain. The amount of culinary talent that there is out there beyond America's borders is incredibly impressive. So to be quite honest, it's there's threats coming from all across the world that I think could take down this season of Top Chef. And I'm incredibly excited to check out how these cuisines and how these different perspectives come together to really, you know, come to a level playing field and really go against one another. Which it's really funny. I almost feel like they did this on purpose. They took all these countries with all these great food and all these different things. And then they decided to host it in London where food is literally beans and toast. (laughs) 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 I'm excited to have it out there international though and to see another city. I mean, yeah, there's so many more places in America that I want this this series to go over the next couple of years, but to, to just experience another country's culture because it's a running joke. England is bland, right? I get that. Mm-hmm. I've made that joke. I believe that. But I also know enough to know that England is a thriving and up-and-coming culinary city. And we'll touch on her later. But Claire Smith and some of the best chefs in the world call London their home. Absolutely. I'm totally there with you. It's always been interesting to see when within pockets of the seasons they do a trip out to another country. Yep. And it'll be a couple episodes here and there. But to really go deep and really talk about not only the iconic foods, but even the location spotting that they're doing, representing the culture in different ways. I mean, some of my favorite chefs, and I think just like many industries, you know, young chefs like us, we look up to and we study and we learn from those that come before us in such a major way. And, you know, people like Yotam Adolenghi and the empire that they've built around England and the UK, like, there's incredible talent out there. Yeah. I feel so – I thought I was so prepared after my six minutes of research for this. And listening to, Kirk, <laughs> listening to Kirsch talk, I'm a little concerned about my, my draft. So uh, It's intimidating. This, this is why, yeah. Seth, this is why you and I only ever talk to each other. Like, we yeah, keep exactly. it really low. Two out of ten quality. Yeah, yeah we you guys set open the, the door and I'm, You guys open the door and I'm kicking it wide open. Yeah. yeah. Well – you know, on that note, on that note, DK, uh, why don't you get us kicked off, man? First pick of the draft. To give us who you're going to pick and why you're picking them, in, if right. you have some background on them. Absolutely. So as I'm looking through the list of all these chef testings that are going on, there is, as I was saying earlier, there is so much talent here to pick. Number one overall felt like, you know, just a gluttony of riches going on. But 
I've seen a couple trends and I'm looking through some of these guys and I'm seeing some patterns across all these different chef tests. There's a lot of season one from this country, you know, season three of this country, finalists from this country. So what I have to say is my parameters were with all of this talent, I want somebody who competed recently. So they still got, you know, the chops and kind of, they still feel that thing crawling and kind of creeping up behind them. That's going to keep them moving fast. So for me, this was actually a pretty easy decision. I'm going with Buda Lowe, last ah. season's winner of Top Chef Houston, season 19. I mean, his experience between 11 Madison Park, working for Claire Smith, the creativity that I saw him compete with throughout last season. Um, definitely, I think, one of the forerunners to take this season down. I mean, that's um, a great pick. Yeah, well, shit. That's exactly who I wanted. And, well, I think uh, everybody wanted Buda Lowe, right? Like you're talking yeah, about. He our, was number one in the power rankings. Yeah, our American centric viewpoint plus just <laughs> what he did. But I mean, his win last season was one of the most dominant stretches that we've seen on Top Chef. I would say since the Voltaggio brothers, arguably, like he was that good. So, and, uh, and on top of that, he was a strategist for it. Like he talked mm-hmm. about how much he, how much he studied previous, like well played dude, like way to study up before it and then dominate. Yeah, exactly. Talk about putting in the effort. Well, I base things a little differently than knowing if people were good cooks or not. I had random thoughts on why I picked somebody. Uh, <laughs> So now that now that my number one's off the board, I'm going with my number two in the power rankings, Nicole Gomes out of uh, Richmond, British Columbia in Canada. She's the executive chef and owner of Clucking Cleaver. My logic on picking her was she was the winner of Top Chef Canada season five All-Stars. She's an All-Stars winner. I'm going with her. That caught my eye. And I mean, there's something she's been, I think she's been on, on Chopped or Beat Bobby Flay and a couple other things too. You know, there's something about having been on these competitions and succeeded on them at an all-star level that brings brings a different level to the table. So I like that. I agree. Kind of like how you guys invited me on with my right. you know, my competition on Chopped many, many years ago. We'll say, not to brag on my own, right? But season two, episode three, Chopped alumni in the house. No big deal. No, no big deal. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, you bring in the big dogs for the all-star seasons. That's what we That's did. That's the move. That's how yeah. we move. So she also, she looks very nice. And I feel like there's always a nice person who makes it far. They always have like a nice person, an asshole, the best chef, and the quiet person are always like the final four. No, that's... Okay, so now I got to figure out who those other two are, so I can. Make <laughs> you got to think that through, uh, so right? I love this. You're playing like the producer angle. You're like, what is going to be the best mix of content that we have going on here to keep everybody engaged? Well, you know what? At first, I was going to go with the cooking thing till you started talking, and now I'm going to go with a completely different angle. I got to zig where you guys zag. So, so I like, Shark, you're up for two. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a different producer angle. So both of you took winners from your seasons with your first picks. Mm. It, it, it's a, a good strategy. We've got 11 winners in this season and five chef testants who did not win their season. I think it's it, it, arguably a mark of quality for someone who didn't win to come on this more than somebody who did win. Mm. So I'm going out of Germany from season one, Tom Goat. Goder, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, which is going to be a running theme. I will be honest with you all. But, oh yeah, <laughs> like, our, like our guest, he also worked with Thomas Keller, and he, 
he not only brings the German cuisine, which I think will be interesting to watch, but he's got a lot of Asian flair. He's dove into street food. He's touched on French and Italian. He's a private chef now. Another common theme with a lot of these chef testants. So I'm excited about him as my number one pick. Uh, I'm a little concerned with him. I, I, I had him sixth on my rankings. Everything sounded cool when I was reading his bio and whatnot. I'm a little concerned that he works on a boat. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> his sea legs, his sea legs might, might keep him off balance. Might, I don't know, man. You know, you got to think about that stuff. I, mean, I think I, that's a good I, pick. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the experience it that is. you bring to the table, I mean, it's hard to compete with. If you have TK in your back, you know, your back pocket, that type of skill set, that type of creativity. Yeah. I think it's a good pick. I like it. Yeah. I'm excited. Yes. That's a good one, Shark. You're back up for this first pick of the second round. So for my next pick, I'm going a little – this is probably a reach, right? But to be fair, these are all reaches. I'm bringing it back home to America because I want an American chef. I want some variety. But I don't understand why Amir Santana is on this show. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't. I love him. He was great in California. He was a finalist. But he he – always wowed and underwhelmed me at the same time and he's come back as a judge numerous times in the last couple mm-hmm. seasons particularly in oregon i think there's something there top chef bravo tom colicchio they, they know something about him i'm expecting a breakout from him i'm taking him with my second pick oh i like right. that i had him up there too i you're right i think being a finalist is a thing it's weird i have very strange rules for certain people it matters and for others it didn't oh yeah no i'm totally hypocritical with my picks so yeah yeah no way around that um so that's two americans off the board so far i'm about to take the third one here with the second pick of the round uh i'm going with our girl our girl sarah bradley from kentucky she was a finalist on top chef kentucky season 16 she has the i just cook good food i'm not that fancy thing that they always like that gets you pretty decent into the season if you just make good food and it's just like homey and enjoyable, they seem to the judges seem to eat it up. You like that pun right there? Thank you. Yeah, one, well, well, <laughs> I thought I thought Sarah was a contender to not be picked. I'll be honest with you. So this one surprises me. Mm. I yeah. I was not a huge fan of hers. She used she was the one that used the box waffle mix and and got booed out of the arena. Right, oh, on right. Season. Remember that now. I did yeah. not remember that, and now I wish I had. Yeah, yeah. And she, she, she had Lock some. It in, baby. Yeah, yeah, no, it's already. I already it. It. Oh, it's already. So it's it's already in. Yeah, this is very official. In column F on my spreadsheet, Seth's name is next to hers, so it is done. There's no going back. It's basically stone. Pen, <laughs> and there's just no erasers involved. Yeah, exactly. There's no backspace on my keyboard. <laughs> All right, back on to you, DK. Last pick of the second right. round. You're up for two in a row. Can't believe this gentleman is still sitting out there, floating around, even after the first couple rounds. If I were to say, Seth, to a non-classically culinary trained person, where is like the shark? epitome? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we haven't really got much of the background, but Shark's got the culinary talent. It is oh, say, I'm, I'm moderately classically trained. <laughs> <laughs> So, Seth, if I were to ask you, the country that represents the most classic kind of backbone of cuisine in the world, what would your answer be? France. Yeah. Um, So, with my next pick, Samuel Albert. We got winner, Top Chef France, season 10, born and raised in France. He's traveled around the world. He's worked across Australia, 
Switzerland, Shanghai. This guy's even been, he's been given even honors as from the order of the Belgian crown uh, for his con his contribution to the culinary world. So if I'm going to put my trust into somebody, I think we're going to go, maybe this is a little bit of a nod to my own French training as well, but uh, Samuel Albert, that's going to be my second round pick. I am excited one. to watch him. He 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 uh, fuses French and Japanese cuisine together. If I read up on that correctly, which is just that's interesting to me. I feel like he's going to give Buddha a run for his money. Your team is stacked up top. You know, yeah, it's I funny. I'm feeling good. I didn't like that guy based on him looking like a French version of that guy Joe Sasto from a couple of seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a similar look without the twirly mustache for sure. Which, which is why I dinged him a couple of spots. <laughs> Twirl that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny now i think this is going to be a really interesting one i mean over the last almost decade there's been this influx of japanese chefs into france and these two cultures that seem at odds with one another in so many ways it's incredible the magic that can come from when those two worlds come together all right well that's a good one so we've finished two rounds we each have two chefs just a reminder for everyone listening uh, we are each going to end up with five chefs, and there's going to be one left undrafted. So just uh, as aware, we're going to see who's going to be insulted. Uh, they're going to end up winning it all. I think we all are aware of that based we're... on us not picking them. This was good. I'm glad we're doing snake draft because I was actually a little torn between Samuel and this pick. Uh, but I think I'm going to have a nice, well-rounded, well-balanced out team. So for my next pick, I'm moving down to Mexico. We're going to take season two's winner of Top Chef Mexico, Gabriel Rodriguez. I mean, this guy has just worked for a who's who of the world's best chefs. And this is one of the things that I love about chefs more than anything. So many industries, it's about, you know, what college you went to, what what institution you paid to get into for your training to kind of get your leap into the right direction. Look at a guy like Gabriel Rodriguez, started as a dishwasher at Pujol. Pujol, one of the best Mexican restaurants in the entire world, ran by Enrique Olvera. Um, has been in that top 10 of top restaurants in the world numerous times. And this guy started as a dishwasher and worked his way up to become not only a winner of Top Chef, but arguably one of the best chefs in Mexico himself. That was going to be my next pick. So I like that one. He, I, I think he's a, a real sleeper. I was looking at an odds list previously, which I don't know what it actually means. But according to them, you have the three best chefs in the competition. So goodbye, right. good job by Seth and I. Uh, Seth and I. Yeah, this wasn't I mean, our best move. We can no. retroactively cut him out of this, right? Yeah, we can just record without him. And we're yeah. going to come off like experts. We're just going to take all the all the shit that you said and be like, look at us. Well, so I'm checking all my boxes that I had going into this. It was get as many of the top chefs as I can and crush the spirits of the two hosts of the show. Yeah, yeah no, so you're, you're it's doing working. it. <laughs> well, so here's a question. Here's a question for you guys, aside from the draft. I was doing my power rankings. I went through it. I had all my illogical reasoning for who I picked. I ended up with... Private chefs being four of my five vinyl, uh, bottom spots. I, I don't know if it matters. Do you guys have different thoughts of somebody being a private chef versus not? Well, I mean, I think you're insulting the private chef among us. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> oh, we have, oh, he's a private chef. Well, no, I, my question being mine had nothing to do with it. I just noticed that after. Right. I, and again, I'm basing all of mine on where they work. Like the name of the restaurant sounds cool. That sounds cool to me. Or if they have a sweet beard, higher mm-hmm. on my rankings. So I'm asking, yeah, as a, private chefing, does it? Do you think it changes their ability in a contest like this as a private chef? I think I so don't. much of where you're coming from 
has to do with your training and your preparation, right? So I think going into a competition like this, it's one thing if you were like, and listen, as a private chef, and I run a company where we empower chefs to honestly work on their own regard, do private events on behalf of our company. We run the clients. We give them opportunities to break out of the grind of a restaurant life. So I don't think it speaks to the quality of the chef. I think it speaks to the sanity sometimes of the chef to get into the private world over the restaurant life. Listen, is there an argument that you don't have a five o'clock service every day? Maybe you don't have the endurance of your restaurant companions and peers. Um, but the reality is I think if the preparation is right, I don't think it dictates the quality of the chef. Hmm. Interesting. No, I would buy that. And I mean, nobody that's a private chef right now, well, I don't want to say nobody, that's blanket. But no one that's a private chef doesn't have at least that foundation of experience, right? Like you don't come up as a private chef and only do that and really refine your chops enough to, to make this level. You look at all these private chefs and yourself included, like you've worked around the world, you've studied, you've, you've mm -hmm. been with people, you've been on other competitions. So I don't, I don't think it's a knock. I think it's a life choice. And, and to your point about mental health, every other um, occupation in the world is focusing on that right now. So right. good for them. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take it one step farther, Seth. And I'm actually going to say that being a private chef might actually give you a leg up in this competition. Oh, that's what I would, that's where I was headed with this. Does it give you the leg up? Because like I said, I'm not basing mine on anything. I figured it out at the end that I had them as private chefs at the bottom. Again, my, my, my logic is not the, I'm wondering, does that give it an edge? Cause you picked somebody relatively high in Gabriel Rodriguez that I was like, Oh, he must be down towards the bottom. I, he didn't impress me and I know nothing about him. So, so. <laughs> hey, let me give you this as a why. Your life in a restaurant as a chef, you've got a service every day at five o'clock. You're part of a massive machine. You're a manager. You're running it. You're creating unique menus and you're maybe doing 100 to 200 plus covers, right? Through the night at the restaurant. You're a private chef. You're typically doing smaller events that you have to do all the prep for every single course, including suite. And you don't typically have a massive team to lean on. You become a one person army. You become a person who knows how to manage every facet of production to get to the finish line. So you throw a person with that many tools in their back pocket into a competition. There's an argument that says they might actually be better prepared. So what you're saying is I did my power rankings all wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's if what you I'm consulted doing. with me, I probably wouldn't have adjusted you on the way you were approaching that either. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, now we can get back to the draft and watch me flail about helplessly. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. So my next pick, and you're going to, you guys are really going to like what made me pick him. Uh, Dale McKay, great mustache. <laughs> so the exact great opposite mustache. of your last pick. Okay. Got it. Yep. Totally. <laughs> Great mustache, all in. <laughs> I mean, you and you and DK, are, you guys are really bringing in the exact opposite. <laughs> like, one is really knows what they're talking about, and I studied these guys, and, and then, I mean, you're nothing if you're not consistent. I love it. Yeah, great mustache, great tattoos. He owns a bunch of restaurants, French uh, background, worked for Ramsey and Blued. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, great experience. And he won Top Chef Canada. Season one. So you're really doubling down on Canada, eh? I'm all in. Canada's gonna <laughs> Canada's gonna show out. This is like the ice hockey of uh, cooking shows. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna find out how true that is really quickly, I think. But I guess we'll see. Yep. So sharks are up for two in a row. 
I'm up for two. Um, I am going with my first of two picks to Spain for Begonia Rodrigo. Um, just, I, I don't have a, a really deep reason for why. I just, as I, I read about her and some of the things she studied and her time spent in the Netherlands and, and working for Nick Reed, I, she just intrigues me without a wow factor, if that makes sense. I don't know. So I'm all in on her with my first pick. First nice. pick of round three and four. Right, Safe I like pick, that. If you like. I, I don't think there's anything flashy, but but I'm excited about it. We're also hitting the uh, we're hitting the like almost like the bench equivalent in fantasy football right now. Anyway, so you're not going to have anybody that's going to really wow you anymore. <laughs> I don't think. No, although I will say. So for my next pick, I was not expecting her to be here. I was not planning on taking two people from the same country, much less two Americans. But Don Burrell, who is going to be my next pick, I feel okay. like is as good of a chef as is on this contest. Her issue, which may screw me, is she might not be good at competing. She's the chef who just ran out of time and couldn't finish her plates Almost every single episode it's in Oregon. Almost insane how much that happened. Yeah. Like, like it, it felt like they were doing to her on her, like making her clock like a minute yeah. shorter. Yeah. So <laughs> this is kind of, this is like, you know, talk about fantasy. This is that, you know, fantasy football round 11 pick where I'm like, what the hell is this guy still on the board? He's not good anymore, but I have to take him, right? Like I have to. That's mm-hmm. why I just took Don Burrell. I don't feel great about this, but let's bring it home. You're hoping she becomes the Jamal Williams of fantasy this year. Yeah, exactly. This the is the guy my, you're like, eh, what the hell? This is my Latavius Murray pick. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I was thinking about a an equal like football comparison. It almost feels like a Christian Kirk to me, to be quite honest. Okay. Okay. This be the one who has like a lot of draft, you know, a lot of experience, capital in essence behind her. She's she can do it. She's her own worst enemy. It's not the cooking chops. It's not this. No. If she prepares for this. The way that Kirk did coming into this season had his breakout. I could easily see her being a breakout candidate. She could go very, very far. She, I feel, also could go home first. She's probably the favorite yep. of who we've picked so far to be out in the first episode. And America could go home it. first, right? Like, we all agree with that. They needed four Americans because they need to get the viewership here up and everything. One of them went so. home first. <laughs> Ooh, should we, add, should we add something to the food ball rules? Uh, whoever goes home first, it's a five-point loss. <laughs> <laughs> Just an extra challenge for F. I'm good. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah I'm well, that down. let's go for it. First F elimination. All right. So, so far, we are shaping up pretty well. There's one, two, three, four, five, six chefs left. So, we got two more picks each. Uh, you guys are going to really like how I ended up with this one. She is going to win this one. I'm calling it now. She was a finalist on Top Chef Thailand. Her name is May. Fatanat Thong Thong. That's that name alone, that name alone <laughs> just belongs on a trophy. <laughs> she was who I was planning on picking until Don Burrell was still there. Yeah, so. that's, that's, that's the move. I, I don't know much, but I know that with a name like that and being a finalist, which I like that idea that they, they're going to go harder. And Thailand, I got to imagine that the competition is fierce. So you I'm noticed- missing it on nothing. You notice what's happening right now is every time you or I pick, the other one is like, oh, that's a good pick. That's who I was planning on picking. <laughs> Kirsch is just sitting there like, yeah, I'm getting all the people that I wanted. He's that's completely now, silent. I feel like I got all my, my like lead horses for this race that we got going on here. Kirsch is like the 72 and 10 bulls right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I drafted right, once again, thanks for, jazz thanks for including me in this, guys. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> One time only. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how the season goes. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're up for two. Up. All right, so my turn for two. As we said, at this point, let's see who we got playing. I think for this one, now it's just kind of coming down a little bit to who's got who's won before, right? Who's got the pedigree? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these chefs are crazy talented. That's why they're on this show. I think for this next one, I'm going to kind of round out my private chef tree, which I also think there's something to be said about the amount of private chefs that are on here is probably because they got the flexible schedules to actually compete on this as well. It no, might be a thing here. Doesn't hurt. That's a good point. Definitely doesn't hurt. So I think for this one, I'm going to go with Charbal Hayek. And really apologies if I butchered that name because I feel like I definitely did. I assume so Hayek about- like, like Salma. I assume it sounds the same. Probably. Yeah, I don't think I you mean, butchered that's... Hayek. <laughs> yeah. First I'm name, trying to, I'm trying to let it be there. <laughs> appreciate that. So we got a winner of Top Chef Middle East and North Africa Season 5. Uh, looks like that was the one that was in Saudi Arabia. Never seen those competitions, obviously. Wish I could have tracked those down online at some point. Got to be something. If you win, there's got to be a talent set there that I'm excited to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not bringing these people on if they're not really, really good. And to win anything like that, that's great. Fitness enthusiast, that that lost me a little bit. Just because I'm enthused about being fit, so. Oh, nothing I'm well, more see... than like a super in shape chef. Like, go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I see a chef who's coming out of, you know, a hometown of Lebanon, now living in Florida, and calls his cuisine New American with all these touches of French and Lebanese, it feels like he's got, you know, he can pull anything out of his pocket and has probably an answer for just about any competition that's going to be thrown out. Yeah. Is a good pick, or he's that dude that just overplates everything. And it's like, you can't have 47 elements in a quick fire. Stop no. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When you get that, that oh, there's always that one guy lobster roll with 12 different garnishes going on the top of it. <laughs> there is, there is. So I'm, I'm also thinking every single one of these people fit into the role. There's always the over seasoner, the under seasoner, the chef who burns everything. <laughs> there's always like the types of each. So I'm curious to see how they all fit into those roles. When it's all stars. All right. So I think next up, this feels like a little bit of a sleeper pick for me. Um, currently resides in London. Feels like there's a little bit of home home territory kind of angle that might be happening here. I'm going to take Luciana Berry. Uh, so this is the winner of Top Chef Brazil season two. Also, you know, private chef catering company. Uh, so used to what is it? she's cooked for the brazilian embassy she's a writer honestly i'll be out i don't know much about her but i'm excited to see what she brings to the table there you, you go know, her profile i'll say dk i was looking at hers and i was really like wow she looks like a good good contestant and then i was like oh she's the hometown person the hometown mm. person i can't remember ever winning in the seasons in the u.s at least so i always think that they do well and then they're out so, I mean, for you, it's basically, you know, that's your fifth pick. That's better than either of our second picks. But, you know, I, <laughs> that was my that was my one thing against her. And I'm, again, basing it on not much. But that had me like, oh, I don't know, because the hometown person, I can't remember winning. It's, it's a valid point. Listen, we got to analyze every angle that we got to find that little edge. on each Which other. I don't which I don't have many angles. So, you know, I'm really, really stretching it thin on this one. 
Um, I know. So, typically, round is more of your angle, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really say it's much of an angle. Well, my next pick, I think this is actually my last pick, if I've seen correctly. It, it, yeah, it's it, last pick. You got your last pick. Ali Ghazawi. Uh, the, he's from Jordan, chef and owner of Ali. He was the winner of Top Chef Middle East and North Africa season three in Lebanon. Uh, he's got a sweet beard, man. I, I can't really have much more than that. He has a sweet <laughs> beard and looks like he probably can cook. Uh, so this is really a <laughs> showcase for one, Kirsch, how much you know and how good you are and Seth, how vain you are. Like that's all. <laughs> Basically, it's culinary talent versus facial hair. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. facial hair and facial hair in the storyline. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll see. This this is our all stars, boys. Be prepared. Love it. Love it. <laughs> all right. So then I think I'm finishing us up. We've, we've got one pick left. Two people left. Uh, I am going to Italy via the Congo. I'm taking Victor Gulabi, who is born in Congo, went to Italy to study law, and as many people do when they move to Italy, found a passion for food and has spent her time now kind of blending Congolese and European flavors while traveling around Europe. I don't know a lot else about her, but it intrigues me enough that I want to watch that. Nice. Great last pick. Absolutely. I picked four finalists and only one winner. So that's going to blow up or I'm all in. Do you know what's interesting? (laughs) The one person who wasn't picked was last on my power rankings, Sylvia Stasharia. And my reasoning on this, she doesn't actually cook right now. She's a consultant and a school teacher. I know it's cooking school, but I, that dinged her for me. Yeah. She's not, yeah, she's she, not doing this? She was low on, on my list, too. Well, clearly all of ours. She didn't get picked. So Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. You know, a chef from, Lund- uh, from Poland. You know, it's going to be interesting. But I do think there's something to be said about, you know, when we're reading up about her. And it's like occasionally works as a private chef, but mostly teaching. Like maybe maybe there's a little rust. Maybe there, you know. I don't want to bash anybody's culinary talent. She's on the show for a reason, but we're just trying to split hairs here. Well, I don't think it's more talent issue. I think the talent's there. I mean, she has a career in chefery or however you want to phrase it. But <laughs> she, yeah, I mean, she has a career in this. Is my issue is more the game itself of like a timed cook. She can make mm-hmm. fucking amazing dishes. There's no question. I mean, she's playing in Top Chef All Stars, but. Like the 30-minute window, the 40-minute window. I can't imagine she cooked on a clock recently. No, that's probably not a thing, other than whenever the school bell rings, because she's a teacher, but... (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's run through real quick, make sure we got them them straight. So, Kirshner, your team, we've got Samuel Albert, Gabriel Rodriguez, Buda Lowe, Charbel Hayek, and Luciana Berry. Is that your team, what you're seeing? Yep, that's what I'm seeing. I like that. Seth, you've got Dale McKay, Ali Aguazi, Nicole Gomez, May Fadanang Thangthan, and Sarah Bradley, the box waffle queen herself. Uh, that's five of my top eight in the power rankings. I feel like I crushed it. Yeah, yeah, you definitely did something. <laughs> and then <laughs> last up, I've got Tom Goter, Don Burrell, Amar Santana, Begonia Rodrigo, and Victor Gulabi. And again, apologies for all the mispronunciation. Uh, well, this was awesome. I don't know about you guys. I, the draft is always the best part of the season when it's going to end as much of a train wreck as mine will. But yeah. uh, the draft is always great. 
I'm excited. Well, you know, and we'll let's pick this up. We'll do some recaps along the way. Keep everyone posted. Kirshner, we want to have you back on during the season. This was fun until you've got the final five, and then we're just going to call it. Yep, we'll end it there. <laughs> and then uh, we should do a major review at least. Uh, DK, hopefully you'll join us for Restaurant Wars. Let's do it. And anytime you're free, be, feel free to join us here at uh, Shark and the Hammer. We'd love to have you. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming Thanks on, buddy. Grabbing. Appreciate it so much. Thank you guys for having me on. Really excited for this season to come and definitely will be checking back in with everybody. And if you guys have made it this far, thanks for listening to Shark and the Hammer with Shammer Sports. Uh, We rely on word of mouth for this. So if you'd like to tell your friends, share it, subscribe to our podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, give us five stars. We are the voice of a dad nation. Come listen to us. We want to be here. We want to talk to you about what's going on. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week.